most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Good afternoon and welcome to the Race Hour podcast in association with gambling.com and kindly sponsored by our good friends at BetMGM UK. And you can get all the best racing prices and markets at betmgm.co.uk. I'm Darren Hughes, I'm in the host seat this week, and I'm pleased to be joined by two better judges in the industry for today's show. Uh, firstly, Race Hour regular Dermot Nolan is here. How are you, Jeremy? That's all, all very kind. And hopefully, da- Darren, our tips this week last a bit longer than poor old Gary's impassioned rant about why Talem wins the stairs hurdle and then less than 24 hours later, gone. So um, hopefully our uh, our tips actually make it to Saturday. He's gone. Yeah, my, my heart went out to the lad, to be honest, because he uh, that's, <laughs> that's as impassioned a rant as I've seen in quite some time. But uh, obviously fell in his face not 24 hours later. Uh, this is the three-man show this week. And last into the stalls today is Stephen Cass. All good, Stephen. Are you making the trip to the DRF or what's your plan? No, can't go to DRF. I'm going to Birmingham to a trade show on the Sunday. Uh, going to Cheltenham though, myself and Dermo, uh, hopefully Dino's coming as well. We booked our, our flights this week, so yeah, I'm going to make Cheltenham, but can't go to the DRF for work. Um, yeah, but I, I know Gary's horse is gone, but uh, Dino's gone as well now. Now, big, big corporate new sponsor, Dino out the door, everything's looking rosy. This is great, isn't it? Good to have you <laughs> as, as host, Darren, now that the big Thanks. books are behind us. Dead. Gary yeah. asked me last night, Gary messaged me last night and said, well, we put up a poll that what was a sore blow, losing Dean or losing to Lem? 50 50, I would say. Have you sorted those tickets from Bet MGM for us yet, uh, Dermo for Cheltenham? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to get them to sponsor something first of all, I suppose, and then hopefully we can I've follow been, in then. I'd say the amount, they're, the amount they're paying us, we can sponsor something. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Uh, that's most certainly not true. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we won't even cut this out. This is this is being kept in. This that's the beauty of it. I'm in the same boat as yourself. I'm not heading to the DRF to for work purposes, but I, I booked my flights to Cheltenham last week, so I've been annoying Dermo about tickets all week, and I need to try and sort a hotel or something before the weekend is out because it's only getting worse. But in any case, uh, we can crack into the weekend's race, in which I think we should have a little bit more of a favourable uh weather forecast maybe not in terms of the absolute weather but in terms of getting racing on it's not as cold certainly it, it, it's it's a bit milder this weekend it's an interesting enough race uh to kick off it's the triumph hurdle trial in cheltenham at 1205 on saturday uh burdette road is even money favorite sergino is six to four or thereabouts uh derm i'm going to come to you first of all can you split these two or do, do you have a strong view in the race i know if dean ryan was here he'd skip the race entirely and just tell everyone burdette road is going to win i don't have a massive Opinion. We only added this race as uh, Cass is dying to talk about it, but the uh, Burdett Road and Sergino are two very good horses. I think Burdett Road has the edge in it, but there's an awful lot there. Exilero is one who, who can't be forgotten either, but just I don't know how, how that form stacks up behind the front too. Um, this is this is a serious serious uh, race, really informative for the um, the triumph because. There's no real Irish horse yet that's kind of come out and stamped their authority. You know, there was plenty of other years where you could very confidently by this point say that the Irish juveniles were clear. I don't think that's the case this year. Um, but darn it, this is a race I think that I'm happy to watch and just learn. Learn from it. Yeah, I was I was pretty bullish that Burdette Road was a dreadful price earlier in the season and I uh, said as much to our uh, dear departed Dean Ryan when he was on the show. Uh, Cass, you were mad to talk about this race. Uh, do you have a view on what might win it? 
I, I do, I do. I thought it was more interesting when Intelato was was still in it because Joseph had brought over Fakir. That's why that Fakir Dudarius. That's why I had added it into the running order. I still think it's interesting. I'm actually very, very surprised that Burdett rode his odds against. Now I'd be all against this horse for the triumph. He did everything wrong at Huntingdon. He did everything wrong at Cheltenham the last day. You can't be that keen, jump as bad as that, and 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 win a triumph against the Irish battalions. I'd be of the view that even though he won afterwards, the horse he beat on Braidon Fassa isn't much use. So, I in the context of the triumph, I'd be mad keen to take him on. But here, in what's effectively a match, because I don't think Malantino will really be off. I would have thought they'd be, you know, maybe going for a mark for the Boodles with him. Uh, he's after moving to John Joe now. It wouldn't be their style to be to be very forward with him. Burdett Road beat him well the last day. So it's a match with Sergino. So I, I, I was surprised uh, Burdett Road was odds against. The new course is going to suit him better than the old course which was on the last day uh, and the ground is going to suit him a lot better I think the ground the last day was a big worry for him he went through it but like there, there's there's four or five furlongs of a run in here before they jump the second last uh, I think his flat speed will be telling and I think odds against is actually quite a good bet for Burdett Road uh, and then he'd probably short for the triumph and I'd be mad keen to take him on then yeah, I think I'm inclined to agree with both of you there. Uh, well, certainly more so with Cass. Um, I, I think he's actually pretty fair priced at 11 to 10. I think that, that Sergino comes with more of a, a reputation than anything he's done in the actual track. And, uh, while I agree on Bread and Fassa isn't going to be the second coming of Christ by any means, uh, I thought Burdett Road would be just a little bit too quick for these here, especially with no penalty or anything like that. Uh, so look, it'll be interesting to see how that race goes. But we've got more serious and pressing matters on our hands as we crack on to the 115 is the Cheltenham Paddy Power Cheltenham Countdown handy, podcast handicap chase over two and a half miles. Il Rodoto heads the market here at seven to two. He's somewhat unlucky loser the last year, you could say. Uh, arguably doing an awful lot wrong in front and almost and almost managing to hang on. Um, James Bowen takes over from Nico de Boinville on Excello and Venetia Williams has Victorino looking for a three-timer. And Cass, I will stick with you. Did you have a strong view on this? No, very tough race. I couldn't, could not find... I bet um, I'm disappointed Victorino isn't going for the three-mile race at Doncaster because I think he's an out-and-out three-miler. I still think there's room in his mark uh, off 146, but I wouldn't be sure this would be his trip. If you put a gun to my head, I might chance him that they might have him a bit handier. They held him up the last day. Everything went wrong the last day, and he won at Ascot. But honestly, I, I couldn't couldn't find a bet here. Uh, I, I wouldn't like to be back in Il Rodoto, even though Cobden is up for Bryony. Um, like she, she gave him a great ride the last day, and it's only forty days to come back from a really. He would have had a really hard race that day. Excello looked a bit of a boat to me. I don't think this would be his trip either. I don't think it's Victorino's trip. Something's going to win it, and I don't know what it is. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree with you there. I don't think the uh the the, the tactics employed by Victorino the last day are necessarily what you want around here either, unless the going gets very very soft. Uh, and I do think he probably will be seen to better effect over further. So I also agree with your comments in the Rodoto. I, I couldn't I couldn't back him uh, after the run after what he did the last day. I, I thought to be honest, Bryony got a lot of credit for that ride. I'm not sure she deserved it. I thought she made too much use from but uh, that's not to criticize her in general, but just to criticize the ride in and of itself. But she, in she any probably case, probably went too hard. What she should have given him the breather down the hill, which she didn't. She kicked on, which is yeah. Which, you know, he she had the chance to get the breather and didn't, and then he was caught. Oh look. I, I backed him that day. I, I'd kind of agree. Um, I thought she did the right thing having him handy because he's a very lazy horse. Yeah. So so yeah. kicking him on early was a good thing. Um, and the piece is obviously helping him, but she should have held on to him more. Yeah, coming down the hill, I, I would say. 
Yeah, yeah, my thoughts exactly. Um, but in any case, uh, Dermo, I'll move to you. Tricky one there for Cassie, didn't necessarily find a bet in it. Did you have anything more confident that you could put out to the listeners? Yeah, I'm very keen on um on Victorino. Um, after the first win, it was uh, Nisha Williams said that this horse has plenty of speed and he won over two miles in France. Um, just last in 2022, sorry, I'm still stuck last year myself. Uh, but uh, this horse has just kicked on massively and like four pounds only for that last win. I know, yeah, man was flying on late, but he, the race won at that point. Um, I thought that was an absolutely monstrous performance. And I, uh, that first win beat Eldorado Allen and uh, two for gold. Like this horse is very, very good. And when Venetia Williams horse is getting this kind of run, I, I mean, she mentioned Hublanda's oboe as a comparison or Azo, etc. She has these horses like this guy who can just keep improving true handicaps, he could be a horse in time that could be, you know, placing in a Ryanair or something like that. Plenty of our handicappers have done stuff like this. I think he's well ahead of his mark. Uh, completely take on board that three mile probably is his thing, but I think he he's the kind of horse that could win this and then go on to the festival and win again off another four or five pounds. Um, he, he's just going to keep on improving. And I just loved, absolutely love what he did last time considering everything went wrong and off 12 stone as well. Uh, so he gets in here for much nicer weight. And uh, yeah, no, Victorino, I think he's um, he's very exciting. Really, really exciting. Yeah, you're not you wrong. You talked me into it there, Dermo. I, I think I'll back him now because I thought he's the best horse in the race at the weight. So I might might give him a go after that. Like like his first run in the UK was over a novice hurdle, hunted out of a way. He must have been working the house down for them to go from that to that handicap chase where he beat Eldorado Allen and uh, two for goal. Like that's, that's, that's quite the jump. And he absolutely battered them and him, but he won well again the last he showed plenty at all. I don't think that uh, trip, particularly in the new course as well, where it's a big galloping course yet. Yeah, no, I, I'm i really keen on him. Really, really keen on him. Fair bit of pace on here as well, you could say, with the likes of Willardotter, obviously, in here, Grander Dam as well, likes to go forward. So, um, race could set up for something like Victorino. For what it's worth, I thought Hitman actually, uh, it maybe with a slightly bigger price than what you're getting, but he comes here a very fresh horse. This is a lot easier than the, uh, the Reiner, which he was third in last year. Obviously, you know, he has uh, he, he ran fairly badly on his return in uh, in October uh, off of, off his summer break. Sent off favourite that day as a wind off. Freddie Gingle takes off a useful five pounds. I don't think a mark one fifty six is beyond him, but uh, we'll see how the market uh, makes. I don't think out. it's the mark with him, Darren. I, I think yeah. his his small size in a big field like this. I think that's the problem with him. Um, yeah. I think he's he's a very talented horse in his day, but. Like, look at all his winning is over, you know, three and four runner fields. I think that's the big concern with him because if he was to get around, he's he's everyone's sure. He was my number two, but I just couldn't put him up because I I, I just wouldn't be comfortable now with him in a big field. Really wouldn't. Yeah, it's a fair, fair criticism, fair criticism for sure. Uh, we'll move on, lads, to the Cotswold Chase at a 10 to 2 on Saturday. It's at, over the Gold Cup trip and stay away phase in here as a joint favourite for Paul Nichols. Pretty bullish about the horse's chances, saying that those around him in the market have lots to prove. Uh, some established op- opposition here all the same. The likes of Royal Pagai, who is joint fav, the real whacker, a hoist in your to name just a couple of them. Um, Dermot, I would stick with you. Did you have a strong view on how this might play out? This is a cracking race. Really, really great race. Uh, Isn't it, though? It actually is. It's a great race. It's going to renew. Yeah, yeah. Not an absolute like quality, a... but enjoyable race. But, no, but race. like, you know, like the real whacker, he could well bounce back. That's all right. Gino, you know, he was a monstrous performance last time. We had Malar Mission, who obviously that broke our hearts. But, you know, he'd be a grand national contender. A high senor looks gone at the game, really. He's such a short price for a horse that hasn't put it together in, in so long. He's he's such a hipster pick. Uh, stay away, Faye. 
is very very good but it's it's this is his first day now with big a big boy pants on you know it's uh this is a big jump he's a very good horse but i i'd be more in tune to kind of um seeing first of all how he ran before i'd even think about anything else this is a a big jump royal pagoy he has to be he has to be respected but he sets a standard i think which is obtainable i think 166 is generous, but he's going to set a uh, seven out of 10, as I always call horses like him that always run it to a certain level. If something else can get above that, they will beat him. I think he'll be second. Stay away. Faye was, I was kind of humming and hawing about him, but uh, yeah, just the fact that he's a novice for now would be enough to kind of put me off as much as I really love the fact that Paul Nichols and connections are running them here. They seem to think that the new course will suit him much more than the old course. You can see why that would be the case, but I'd be kind of questioning him. The real whacker, I put him up for the King George and I thought he stank the house out. Um, that's all right. Gino was brilliant last time. Hi, senor. By the factor of um, having flaws with the front few, I'm happy enough to t- take a flyer on Capadano here. I thought that was a huge run behind Galopin des Champs and, um, and Jerry Kalam last time. Uh, was, was really smuggled into it. Uh, that was his first first run in ages and yes he's rated 159 but this is a horse who was good enough to, to run a huge race in a brown advisory once upon a time um they did have him down as a possible gold cup improver at one point this is a grade two in every nature stay away phase the one that i respect as one that could really improve royal pagoy he sets a level the rest have to reach i don't think the real whacker or that's all right you know reach there I'm not even sure a high senior will finish. So from that point of view, I think Capadano could well let them battle it out and he could just swoop late and take the start. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree, Joe. I can't get over his price, to be honest. Like I know he needs to put his jumping together, but uh, he's a 13 to 2 shot with our sponsors. He's a point and a half, up to a point and a half bigger elsewhere if you can get on. Uh, I, I think he's a wide enough price at eight. Um, Cass, did you agree with myself and Dermot or did you have a, a different view on how this might play out? No, and I thought the reasoning there was very good all along until you got to the point of tipping Capitano, who's kind of, he's been the hipster's <laughs> choice all week now. Everyone, everything you listen to is saying, this fella's overpriced and he's now been overbet, if you ask me, because, like, I know he was third in a grade one the last day, but his jumping was bad and he kind of fell into third. Like, it wasn't um, that impressive, if you ask me. As 22 months since that horse has done, anything resembling a, a half decent run and Dermo you said he had been off for ages before that he hadn't he'd already ran a turlet before that as well and he pulled up in the national before that bad third behind Janet Lagore behind that and then his run before that you're going back to April 2022 was the last time he ran decent so I kind of think you're right I agree with you Royal Pagai isn't the best favourite ever like he's never won with good in the description that's a big thing he's now a 10 year old maybe not his track either do you think Cass yeah, in fairness, he's ran well at Cheltenham, but at the same time, yeah. it, 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 he's never won. He, he's had seven runs away from Haydock in a row without winning. Um, he's penalised as well for winning the Betfair. So there's loads against him. Um, I the real whacker I thought ran two bad races this year. He was going okay for a while in the Paddy Power, but he didn't. Even though he wasn't beaten that far in the King George, he ran really poorly. If you ask me, a high senior, I, you, you wouldn't be shocked if he popped up in one, but you couldn't back him. Um, stay away phase really interesting now and uh, and I'd be dead against him and Mad Keen to take him on when he gets into a good race like this because his jumping he actually jumps he looks like he jumps really well clears them all really well he's really slow away from his fences I was uh, I must have watched 20 uh, fences there today and every fence he is especially the last day I'm trying to remember the name of that horse in the blue but he was running beside but the day Geo Vinkle 
Giovinco, yeah. Giovinco, so, 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 so uh, Giovinco was jumping upside them and making ground them on every fence by the time they got away. So it looked like Stayaway Fay was jumping well, but he's really slow away from the back of his fences. So in better company like this, um, on good ground, he could be out of his ground because his jumping rhythm is fine, but he's just losing a bit of momentum at every fence in terms of his speed. Um, unless there's low sun or something that they take out a few, that might give him a little chance. But I, I, I don't think he's grown up enough for this. Um, I'd be mad keen to take him on. He's he's another kind of fashionable one for this. And if you look at a horse like that's all right, Gino is rated nine pounds better than him, and only has to give him a pound, and he's twice the price. Um, that's all right. Gino is the one I'd like. He's the coming horse. He's unexposed at the trip. Went and won uh, a Carl Gold Trophy. And what he does is he jumps low and efficient, and he stayed really well. He stayed three two that day. He'll be better on the better the going, the better he'll be. Um, Gavin Sheehan is going to get a nice lead here with a high senior and the real whacker going from the front. So he's going to get a lovely toe into the race. He's the coming horse, and at the weights they're all kind of landing around together, and he's the one coming in with the momentum. Him and Stay Away Faye, but I'd be against Stay Away Faye. So at six to one in a race that there's not that many runners and it's falling apart around him, I think that's all right. Gino is the the sensible selection. Away from the favourite here, so for the panel, um, myself and Dermot, Capigiano and um, uh, Cass obviously falling on the side of that's all right, Gino. So some division there on the panel. We're heading a bit north here, lads, for the next race. It's the uh, Yorkshire Rose Mares Hurdle, grade two uh, Mares, fillies and Mares race only up in Doncaster. And Willie Mullins just controlled the market here, Astro Diamond and Gallimar. So um, maybe a little bit of a surprise, the Astro Diamond favourite. Uh, Albech does have the, be the benefit of a run. Uh, is there anything into the jockey bookings? Maybe Patrick seems to be getting second choice at the moment this season, which he didn't necessarily get last year. Uh, Cass, I will stick with you for this. Do you have a view? Uh, I'd have a view and those jockeys are right and I know which one is better and I know uh, <laughs> which which one always rides Astro Diamond. Patrick always rides Astro Diamond no matter what. Um, So, taking that into account, like, I couldn't have a bet because what you you don't know, or certainly at the moment anyway, the way the betting is going, you you've no idea what state that uh, Garla Marceau is in, um. So, uh, yeah, uh, to be honest, I can't have a bet because Astro Diamond is is a you know a good solid one forty horse. Um, uh, Garla Marceau's form is better, but she's to give her three pounds at the same time. Now I think Danny. Uh, and Patrick, that three pounds would be upset, but you don't know how fit she is, and you'd imagine she's getting prepped for the mayor's hurdle, or you know, God knows what with Willie. So can't have a view. I'd say under control is probably out for a spin for a handicap. Say goodbye came from Gordon Elliott's um in the past, and she's moderate enough, you know. And Stainsby girl is going to go from front and set it up for one of Willie's. Uh, but yeah, I can't have a view on the betting, given you know you don't know how fit Gallimar so is. Yeah, it seems to be a proper guessing game. Uh, I would be inclined to agree with you there. Um, I, I didn't personally have a view on it uh, in terms of having a bet. Um, Jeremy Nolan, you might be able to shed some light on what's a, a tricky contest here for myself and Cass. Literally the exact same. If I knew Gallimar so was hard fit, uh, I'd be punting her. I think two miles particularly is where Gallimar so holds an edge over Astro Diamond. Like Astro Diamond's best form is, is like... 2-2 two, two onwards uh, that's where she really kind of flies into her own she's a very good mare who will go close in the mare's hurdle but Gallimar so has the speed for two but I think will stay as well so Gallimar so for me going forward is definitely the better mare under control is really interesting if again she was off like Cass said because that form last year beating Empirical uh, Lord and then 
had a breeding operation after flopping last time. So she's she's extremely interesting. Uh, again, this is a very deep race. Even say goodbye used to be with uh, with Gordon Elliott. She's no she's no slouch either at all, Tal. Um, this is another cracking race. But again, I'd love to know how fit Gallimar so is. I can't imagine her being left too far behind. We are kind of arriving into into February now, basically. You know, you can't she can't be as big as a house as someone who were back in October. Um, but yeah, it's been a weird campaign. But I get the whole thing of that the uh, four and five year old season is very hard. But kind of starting her here now is very interesting. Um, but look, it's a race that I'm very interested in from a watching brief. If Gallimarso was a drift to eleven to four, three to one, I think I couldn't help myself but have a bet on it. Um, but a two to one or so, Darren, I'm, I'm kind of happy enough to, just to watch it. Happy to leave it sit for German Nolan. Yeah, I think the market could be pretty informative here now. Be the only thing I'd say about backing her if she drifts. I don't normally mind backing um, a Mullins drifter, but when they're coming in under the something of a cloud that she's coming in, I might be a little bit less, uh, less or a little bit more reluctant, I should say, to back her if I saw her weak in the market. But um, we shall see what happens on Saturday. Back down to Cheltenham now for the rescheduled Clarence House, obviously called off from Ascot last week due to inclement weather and frozen ground. This looks like a bit of a walkover for John Von Dermo. Um, Noel Fabiola to take him on this weekend, as was supposed to happen last week. Uh, he's about three to ten, uh, one to three in the market, three to ten with our sponsors, Bet MGM. Do you have a view on this? No, no, it's an absolutely shite race now. Uh, unfortunately, it's um to Bet MGM were sponsored last weekend. Now it's my pension expert, and the uh, prize money's cut in half. So El Fabiola looks like that's the reason he stayed away, which did strike me as odd because you know prize money. Um, yeah, just struck me as strange that El Fabiola's not here um, or why the prize money couldn't just carry across from last weekend to this weekend, as in how that can't happen is just really strange to me also. Uh, but anyway, yeah, John Bond wins. We don't need to waste a whole pile of time here. Yeah, I'll push back with you on one aspect, though, and I've heard it said this week. Uh, should the prize money have been have really been kept up? I mean, this is a Nicky Henderson benefit uh, run, to be honest, like especially with El, El Fabiolo. It was never going to show up to, to Cheltenham. I think that was made relatively clear. That's not to say, you know, you can't punish the ones that do show up, but is it really a good use of the prize money that's available there within the industry for this race? To, would it, If it had been as valuable as it would have been last week? I'd imagine if the prize money was as valuable and that was that word was put out immediately that I think El Fabiola would probably be here now. Um, the Willie Mullins has the DRF pretty much won anyway. Like he, he can just throw Dino Blue or whoever else at it. And because Ireland has no two mile chasers now, so he'd have one boat of these races. Really, it's just not worth their time, probably money wise. Um, it just like I just don't get how we went through a whole season now of uh, of everyone very vocally saying that, uh, and it's the first year I'm properly noting it that there's no clashes. We had the propensity here to have a serious clash, the race of the season, and by doing what they did and by moving the prize money across where there's grade twos in this uh, card that are worth more money than a grade one. Uh, we now end up with a situation where John Bond is, is long odds on. I just think it's very disappointing. That's all. Yeah, it's a fair comment. I suppose a bit of a chicken and an egg. If the prize money was there, will El Fabiola run? If El Fabiola had run, maybe the, I don't know, Tartan all day. I think the prize money probably wasn't dependent on his, on his showing up or not. In any case, Cass, we've got a three to 10 favorite here. I'm assuming you're going to say, keep moving. TV. Yeah, but I do I do remember Warwick last year when John Bonn and his prep for Cheltenham was very sticky and he, he has that in him to jump sticky and he looked a bit stuffy at Sandown. Like I know he, he went forward at Cheltenham and was more impressive 
um in the in November, whatever the, the race that is the Schlur chase. Uh, but at Sandown, I thought he looked a bit lethargic and more like the old John Bot that, that that could jump sticky um, and hits a flat spot and looks lethargic. And if he does that at the wrong time at Cheltenham and editor Jajit is flying in front, um, I wouldn't be afraid to lay him now if he was one point, you know, if he was one point three on Betfair and t- I'd take the chance because he's not a horse at all together or always trust. And I remember he was he was definitely left with something to work on in his prep for Cheltenham last year, Warwick, when he really struggled to get over Calico. Um, so I'd, I'd bear that in mind. And if he goes really short, if he goes, you know, if the models really push him into something like 1.25, uh, I would chance laying him. Would chance laying him. Some question marks over the favourite for uh, for Stephen Cass. Yeah, it's, it's a fair point. Edward de Guise is certainly a, a much better horse than, than Calico, you'd say. So if he was left to the same degree of undercooked, yeah, it might be worth taking a chance on the uh, on the fifteen to two second favorite, or or just have the field running for you at a, a slightly shorter price again. Uh, we're we're rushing back up north to Doncaster, the Albert Bartlett uh, River Don Novices Hurdle is our next race on the running order. It's a two forty on Saturday. This is a trappy little race I found. Uh, welcome to Cartries, the lightly raced Paul Nichols horse for Johnny De La Hayes, eleven to four with Lorcan Williams in the plate. Destroyed the evidence. The he was second in the same trial at Cheltenham before Christmas. He's four to one. Kerry Hill, I love my bay, Esprit de Potier, they're all in around the 15 to 2, 7 to 1, 7 to 1 8 to 1 mark. Uh, Cass, I will stick with you. Did you manage to unravel what is a, a trappy race? Trappy, but I think um, Welcome to Cartries is is a good favourite and will go off short at 3 to 1 because I think himself and Destroy the Evidence on the book, on form, on ratings, they're quite a bit ahead. And I think the Welcome to Cartries would be the best of those two. And should be shorter, therefore, because three to one about a favourite in a race. So there's not that many in it, really. Although you can get surprised in this race, but normally when there's heavy ground, um, this fellow will definitely like good ground. He's a gorgeous horse. He's big, long stride, real action for good ground. I haven't a clue what the form is like the last day, but it's he kind of got behind the bridle a little bit and then put the race to bed really quickly. Nichols is mad about him, and after he nominated this race straight away. Um, I thought he was quite impressive. I'd be a little bit worried about Destroy the Evidence, who ran really well at Cheltenham. David Bass just did too much with him. I think he actually could have beaten Shanna Bob on another day if uh, David Bass had held on to him. But I don't think David Bass has it him to hold on to him. So he should he set up the race. Yeah, he should set up the race nicely for Welcome to Cartries. Bit of a worry that Harry Cobden isn't riding him, of course, him being at Cheltenham. Um, Larkin Williams, I don't know what, what the views is on him, but he's not Harry Cobden. So if he hits his flat spot, you know, you'd hope that Larkin Williams doesn't panic, just keep him going. But I, I really liked him now. I think he's a good favourite. Uh, I think he's a lovely looking horse. And I would, a three to one, I'd take a chance on him, definitely, uh, to continue his progression. Yeah, very good. I have to hit the opposite view to you about the, the front two in the market. Uh, I thought Destroyed the Evidence was a very, very fair price uh, at in and around four to one in the place, four to one with our sponsor. There are other bookmakers playing four places. Uh, he's seven to two, four to one there as well. It'd be one of the scummier bets you could have all year, but I think it could be also one of the better ones. Destroyed the evidence. Uh, I thought his run the last year was excellent. I agree with your analysis. I thought he was far too much use when was made. Um, but I thought experience might count uh, in this particular race. Um, Dermot Nolan, did you have a similar view to myself and uh, Cass? Are you looking further down the uh, market? Yeah, I thought the front two as well. Um, the Favourite as Cass has covered very well. Um, I just think he's he could just be a little bit green never, now. I think maybe long term he could be the better horse, but I think to try the evidence has done an awful lot. 
uh, David Bass would be my concern as well. Um, I, I just don't know why he kicked when he kicked at Cheltenham. Um, watched this race last night a few times and kind of left with the impression that whilst I like Lachlan for the Albert Bartle, that Shanna Bob is very, very smart. Uh, kind of loved, loved what he did, a big dope of a horse, really. And destroyed the evidence, gave him plenty. I also thought that he was flying back at them again late. Um, I just really like this destroy the evidence. I think this is the strongest kind of piece of form that there is there. Um, I like that. Um, the favorite beat a Nicky Henderson horse who kind of hadn't done a whole pile before it. Um, he's very good, but I'd be kind of questioning him a little bit. So destroy the evidence just about for me, but he needs to be held on to a little bit more. And just one horse to kind of note as well. Just this could be one of the rare times where we actually might get a bit of a read between the uh, UK and Irish novices. That Dripsy Moon, if he gets any way close to the front two, we can really upgrade past uh, his favourite piece of form, which is the uh, Tree Mile form at Limerick over Christmas. Um, the, um, he finished fifth there behind Loch Glynn and Stellar Story, who uh, Cass and I like um, either one of them for the Albert Bartlett. So Dripsy Moon, he's worth watching here because he could be a decent gauge as to the um, gap between the Irish and English uh, novices. Gypsy Moon, worth keeping an eye on for German Nolan, but destroyed the evidence. Fair to say, probably your ultimate selection. Move back down now to Cheltenham for the International Hurdle. And while we don't have Constitution Hill here, uh, we do have a, another Willie Mullins hot pot in the shape of Lossy Mouth. She's currently the four to five favourite with our sponsors, Bet MGM. Uh, not a huge, uh, huge amount of opposition in terms of depth. She's got Love Envoy in there, second favourite around the nine to four mark. Rubo's five to one, and then first three and Guard Your Dreams are there to make up the numbers if it could be as unkind as that. Uh, Derma, I will stick with you for this. Is Lassie Mare to be taken on at the prices? Yeah, from a very small point of view, um, she's a very good mare. She's brilliant, but the triumph hurdle form, we've no real notion still as to what the kind of strength there is. Uh, per se, because the front two from that division last year, we haven't seen it anymore. So, like, we'll figure all that out. But Lossie out, like, you know, the likes of a piece in Coa ha has come out after winning as well and never kind of kicked on. So, for the moment, first run, as much as we've seen all season, that Willie Mullins' horses have improved an awful lot. She's a very good mare. I probably don't rate her as highly as an awful lot of other people do. I think she's very good, but, you know, it was still was the triumph hurdle last year that she was winning. Um, I don't know how strong that form is. We have to reserve judgment on that. I'm kind of going to go for a small win-only bet on First Street here. Um, Love Envoy, I I think there's a flaw in her. Not being able to beat Not So Sleepy last time, that's a big, big issue uh, as far as grade ones go. Um, I know he kind of mugged her, but still... Like, you're not to be able to do that. There was only a length between Rubad and First Street last time. And First Street kind of pigged it turning in and then flew home. There was only one length behind Rubod. Um, How one is 5-1 to one and one is 25-1 to one kind of seems beyond me. First Street as well was second giving loads of weight in a county hurdle to um, Stateman as well. Gave him plenty that day. <laughs> And Stateman has proven probably the best handicapped horse at the Cheltenham Festival maybe of all time, <laughs> considering what he's done afterwards. Uh, but First Street... He's a real rogue, but he's very talented. And if uh, worst coming to worst, you know, he won't place. But from a win-only point of view in a race that really has the propensity to absolutely blow up, I think he's too talented to be 25 to 1 in a five-runner field when ahead of her bar lost him out. I think we know all their ceilings. And was he, he is only rated 141. It is a bit of a mad one, but a 25 to 1. And he'd be bigger in the exchanges on the day. Um, 
I'd be happy to have a small win betting him. Small win betting first three for Dermond Nolan. Actually, interesting enough case uh, made there. I am definitely against the favourite, I think. I haven't decided with what yet, but um, I, whether I'm going to just lay her or try and find something to beat her. But uh, I think I'd be quite content to take her on the available odds. Stephen Cass, are you with the favourite against the favourite, or where did you come down? No, not not really a strong opinion. I thought she was a really good triumph winner and she was really good at punch town again. I wouldn't be as against the triumph. Every, everyone's always down on triumph hurdle form and four-year-old form and I, I, I'd I kind of nearly just naturally take the opposite view. I mean, if Espart Allen had won it as well, we'd be talking about a, uh, another champion hurdle winner like Defi Desai was a superb winner. Tiger Roll, Arconner, superb winner. These are all in the last 10 years or so, you know. Um, so the, the triumph can throw up really good horses and she looks like a very good mare. But she's a mayor, and it's her first one of the season. Um, and you'd be kicking yourself if you back to mayor first one of the season. They're beating odds on because you'd be saying, "What are you doing, like messing with mares?" Uh, I, I, I love Rubo as a horse, but he has a big penalty for winning the elite hurdle. So he's to give her seven pounds and give Love Envoy nine pounds. I didn't like Love Envoy at Sandown at all, at all. I thought it was a, a horrible run. Um, as well as that, she was really disappointing at Punchestown. That was a Punchestown the time before. Um, but she's had two bad runs in a row now. Um, and when mares start to sour, they really start to sour. They might get her back, but I wouldn't want her in my mind either. Dermo made a good enough case for first street there, but at the same time, he's a bit of a, a yoke. Um, so I'll probably just sit it out. Sit it out for Stephen Cass. Yeah, I like your, I like the case you made for first street, Dermo. A little bit hard to win with, but you're getting compensated with the price. So uh, decisions to be made, I suppose, between now and Saturday. Uh, heading back up to Doncaster there for their Yorkshire chase. It's a premier handicap chase, exceptionally competitive race. Pretty much seven to one the field, famous bridge in there. He's 13 to two with our sponsors bet MGM for a plan, Captain Or, Sweet Will, Surrey Quest. Uh, I mean, this is literally throwing darts, I think, anyway. I, I couldn't find one to hang my hat on. Stephen Cass, did you manage to uh, uncover one for us here? Yeah, two, two actually, and, and coming from opposite ends. I, I always think of Donny in, in these three mile races. You generally kind of want to be up in the van in these three mile races in England. That, that, that That's what I'd find. But it, with the ground being a bit better, maybe something can get into it from the back. It's very hard to make up, make up the, the ground on heavy ground at Doncaster if you could get so far back uh, with the big, big long straight. This is only in my head anyway, my, my read on it. But I, I've kind of one that's going to be held up and one that's going to be going from the front. So the one that's going to be held up is uh, two shots of tequila. Um, Nathan Mosscroft is back on board and he had given the horse a couple of good rides before Brian Hughes gave it an absolute stones the last day, you know, a really bad ride um, that race was at Donny the last day behind forward plan, beaten four lengths and they kind of had to go around a couple of fences he had way too far back at, when they dropped the flag, Brian Hughes took a pull and gave the second last horse two or three lengths, I don't, I don't know why you do that if you want to hold up a horse, have him up handy like they do, in our, like Ruby used to do, like McCoy used to do, they'd have him up handy enough and you can drop them back as they run to the first and then you're not losing any ground you're choosing where you go whereas he let them jump off and they were gone and then he started kicking off that that drove me crazy so to only be beaten four lengths that day i thought was a really good run by two shots tequila um the uh, nathan moscroft is back on board um he's progressive uh he's got he's he's placed in all three runs this season um and he was absolutely tanking into the race at Donny the last day so he, he'll he be there coming on the bridle whether he can get into it enough but he's a big price he's kind of 16 20 to 1 and the other one I like uh, he'd be the opposite now he'll go from the front as annual Invictus he, he's seven wins all left-handed um, seven of his best nine race and post ratings were all but good in the description he loved the ground and he's been given a huge chance by the handicapper so he finished eighth in the Kim Muir 
which doesn't sound great, but he was actually first of 13 UK runners that day. Uh, he was off 144 that day. He then went and ran in the Bet365 at Sandown. Um, right-handed isn't his thing, and he still finished 6-16 to 16 that day. Good run. He, so he was off 144, 140, and he's now been dropped to 137. Freddie Garden takes off five pounds. Um, he ran in a handicap hurdle in preparation for this, and he went from the front. He can go from the front, and he hopefully will go from the front here. He went from the front. He flew around Plumpton. He was putting on an exhibition from the front, and then he clattered the third last out of nowhere, um, and he ran on well. He was he was fourth, beat 12 lengths in the end. But that was a really good pipe opener for this. Um, just with the weight, with the handicap annual uh, angle, I think uh, Annual Invictus will have a big chance. Annual Invictus and two shots of tequila for Stephen Cass. Uh, big price, two darts there. You can dutch them up. You can have a, a flyer, a saver on either one or, 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 or neither. Uh, good analysis there from Stephen. And Dermot, did you manage to find one or two or three for this particular race? Yeah, just the one I need, hopefully. Um, sail away, for me, I think is an absolutely huge price here. Um, this horse, I wouldn't be surprised if this has been the plan for the Skeletons. I mean, they all have kind of needed a few runs this season, like a phlegmatic two weeks ago. But forward plan is up to, towards the front of this market. And Sail Away beat that horse last year, giving him £11 uh, by by 11 lengths. And there's only about £2 in the difference. So how, how there's such of a difference between forward plan and Sail Away here is absolutely huge. Um, Sail Away is completely confirmed over this trip. The young jockey Tristan Gerald taking three pounds off he's proven himself as being really adept this season as well he's 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 properly meeting everything in front of him and doing a really good job but this horse the reason why i think that this kind of might have been his aim is that this horse is at his absolute best when he's flying from the front and he's been kind of held up in midfield and uh beyond this season so i wouldn't be surprised at all to see a complete change in tactics in him and a complete change of fortune um he's a very good horse and Mark of 142, I don't think that's stopping him. He's down now because he was 146 to begin with this season. He's been dropped three pounds for that last run behind forward plan, who he, he reopposes. But I just wouldn't be surprised like a few of uh, of Dan Skelton's who get a lot better as they keep running that season. I wouldn't be surprised had this been his target. And at a price of 14 to 1 of a mark of 142 for a horse that's so comfortably put away in his very... Uh, just last April, he absolutely hammered forward plan. The ground's down is good. I don't know how accurate that is, but that'll really suit him. And uh, sail away here down at 14 to 1. I just think he's an absolutely massive price. Sail away for Jeremy Nolan. Good case, Major. I, I found out a lot of skeletons, even this this season in particular, um, they seem to be coming on for runs and runs like quite a bit. Either at a much slower start to the season. Now, perhaps that was intentional with a view to the, the tail end of the year. Uh, but a slower start to the season than he, he would typically have. And it would be remiss of me to be sitting in the whole seat of the race or podcast and not mention that Mr. Coffee runs here. Amazingly, in first-time cheek pieces, how this horse hasn't come across cheek pieces before the course of his career is beyond me. That is but, mental, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Like, like <laughs> genuinely, I, 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 I can't believe that. Uh, I, I'm fairly sure Dean Ryan, if he was sitting here, would put him up. I wouldn't back him with stolen money. But uh, again, it would be remiss of me not to give a mention to the horse. And then to round us out, lads, we're back down to Cheltenham for the Clee Pardle Paisley Park. Looking for a fourth win in this race. One of you historians older than me might be able to tell me whether that's unprecedented or not. Did big books do it? I can't remember. Uh, strong opposition, all the same, though, in terms, uh, including your selection for the shares, uh, Dermo, Noble Yates at 5-1. to one. So I'll come straight here to you. You made a very good, good case for Noble Yates winning the stairs. 
in our podcast on Tuesday. I've seen them put up by one or two other decent judges in the meantime. About five to one, five to one shot here in the Cleve Hurdle. Are you going to be back, number? What do you think? Well, yeah, he weirdly has a rate of 152 over hurdles. Where they gathered that from, I have absolutely no idea, considering he won one maiden, because in typical Paul Byrne fashion, he went straight up to fences very quickly. Um, look, my, my my logic is that a mark of 166 is something that most of the horses in the stayers hurdle field and this field in front of us can only merely dream of. Um, they're all very good, but they're all high 150s horses. Uh, Dashiell Drasher, Paisley Park. Champ just looked as sour as anything last time. Botakaz is so in and out, and then you're getting down to like a strong leader who probably ran well last time, but he's not that good in flight deck. Who you just couldn't back for this. So I think there's only one horse here who could prepare, who could propense himself, who could have the propensity to go on and um, be a factor at Cheltenham. Noble Yates is a very solid horse, fourth last year in the Gold Cup. The big question is, is that can Emmett Mullins train him back into being a hurdler? And the other big question I have is Emmett Mullins's horses. He runs so few of them that it's hard to be too concerned. But they're finishing really poorly. That's not there. No, you're Char- dead right. It was Charlie Bucket last week, and there was one today, and it just one today that emptied, emptied. Travelled really well and emptied. Charlie Bucket travelled really well and emptied. I remember they were they brought one over to the UK before Christmas. Uh, travelled, travelled really well, emptied. He'd win winner on the twenty seventh, but bar that, it's been very few and far between. Same as the um, he had one run behind Ferns Lock. Last weekend, again, was priced out of it anyway. It could well have been beaten, but I thought finished like a real cumbersome yoke. So that's my concern with Noble Yates more than anything else. Um, But I just think there's a propensity for him to really fire himself forward here in a market that's really crying out for one. So that one. But as far as Saturday goes, I will be having a win bet, but I won't be going as big as I would have been with that concern over the yards more. Yeah, I've... I've a verified concern I would say it is as well because you don't often see them go after a couple like they did the last two days and uh, come away empty handed uh, Cass did you have a strong view on this race or you know can Paisley Park actually win his fourth Cleve hardly you massively against him due to his age how do you see it playing out sure it's very hard I have an opinion I'd say you could throw, throw these horses in every week and you'd probably get Dash Drasher one week champ the next Botox has the next Paisley Park the week after like that they, they all they tend to beat each other um. So yeah, I've no opinion. I wouldn't be shocked if Strong Leader progressed here because he's getting a lot away from them, and it's his first go three miles, and he actually travelled quite well the last day behind Bob Ollinger. But the heavy ground wouldn't be his thing at all. He probably needs good ground. So I think Strong Leader, as the rag, could give a showing, but he's not the type to be trusted either. Uh, none of them are really, including Noble Yates. I mean, the, the no, Noble Yates. I'd say Irish Point now and Tiupu would have to be kick him out of the way if he was running an Ireland in a three-mile hurdle. So uh, I'd give him no chance now on the stairs. Like, I just think it's a it's it's not a strong division in England especially. Um, I think the winner is going to come from Ireland. I think Irish Point has the, the by far the best form. Uh, are by far the most impressive performance this season and the most uh, scope for progression. So I wouldn't be looking for any stairs hurdle winner here. Uh, and I'd struggle to pick the winner here. Off the top of the market, definitely Paisley Park has looked, uh, you know, like his old self, and he'd be the one you'd like on the new course at Cheltenham. But uh, no, again, another race I've no strong opinion on. Uh, an opinionless Stephen Cass, which is an unusual uh, state of affairs <laughs> on this particular podcast. I've uh, heard that word. It's trials day, you know, so there's an awful lot of races that small fields and you've kind of have a, a favourite and maybe a second favourite with, with a chance that's kind of it then you know it's not that much depth to the races 
So it's very yeah. hard. Like I, I prefer the big handicaps in England for having a bet, and it's easy to have a strong opinion on those, you know. And I'd be quite keen on annual Invictus in the Doncaster race, but I think it's very hard weekend for punting now. You know, you'd want to be be a lot of short ones you could get burnt on as well. I'd, I'd be, I'd be taking it easy this weekend now on the punting front. Very good. Uh, sage advice uh, from Stephen Cass. Uh, well, before we finish up, I'm going to stick with you, Cass. Do you have anything else that's running this weekend that you'd like to highlight for uh, for the listeners? Or are you happy to uh, to wrap it up there? N- not not in terms of tipping. Uh, Gidley Park runs in the last at Cheltenham in the Grade Two. Um, I thought he looked like an absolute rogue. Uh, I mentioned it on the podcast before. Yeah, like he he hung he hung left now and his tail flashed a bit. The only thing is, like Johnny Who is running against <laughs> like Johnny who runs three miles for a start and they run them over two and a half and a third start over hurdles with John Joe Neal's yard like so could you back in with any confidence against him? No. Um I might put a a, a, a lay in running at Gidley Park. Uh but I'm not sure there's that much to beat. And Jericho de Repine runs as well. Um at Donny, uh, if he will run, you could do something really dirty there now and back to second and third favourite and get a nice on the rule four you might get around even money. Um, if he's withdrawn on the good ground at Doncaster, if it is good ground, because Nicky had initially said that he would go to the is it Haydock have a supreme trial? Um, so I wouldn't be think so. Yeah, he, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a non-runner if he wanted to do something that filthy and um, back to second and third favorite. Uh, it'd probably mathematically be quite a good thing to do. Um, and in terms of another bet now off horse racing, the Irish uh, Air uh, Euro song, so the the Eurovision. Selection oh, is on tomorrow sake, night. Now, I go. would know way more about this than I would about a horse race. Right? I can tell you that. Um, and I think if you get around five to one Bambi Tug, uh, she uh, with her song um, Doomsday Blue, I think that could be a good bet tomorrow because she's definitely going to win the international jury. And then if she does well with the televote, she'll have a right chance of winning if the home jury give her a few votes. Third, third, third on the jury. But Bambi Tug, definitely the best song, definitely the song we should, should send to Malmo. And hopefully that translates to the bloody Late Late Show stage because it's a shambles of an operation with the Late Late Show. But yeah, that'll be my nap for the weekend. Bambi Tog fives. Bambi Tog for Stephen Cass. Have you ever made the trip over to the Eurovision, uh, Cass? No, 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 no. I was doing it the year it was cancelled. COVID, wasn't it? COVID, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I didn't get the press pass the year after because they tightened it up with COVID and it's just, I have small kids and stuff, so no. Yeah, like, I, I love it, I, I live for it, but like, no. I wouldn't... Uh, my children are five and seven and they're obsessed with it and they like it to be a fair grind now to go with kids. So I, I, I'll wait till they're a bit older and bring them then. Yep, that makes sense to me. Uh, we're, Dermot, we're, actually going, we're going to Cologne in three weeks' time because my five-year-old's favourite Eurovision country is Germany and he's been nagging us for two years to go to Germany. So I literally had to book a flight like, right, we're going to Germany just to tick the box for him. So we're going to Happy Cologne days. in three weeks' time because of the Are Eurovision. You? Very cultured young man, unlike his, uh, unlike his father, you could say. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Dermo, have you anything else for the weekend before we wrap up? Uh, yeah, Dermo. I'll, yeah. I'll come back to you for your nap as well, uh, Cass, before we do wrap up. Uh, but anything else from you, Dermo? It's a serious weekend, yeah. Look, um, the Sol Arena hurdle at uh, Ferry House, always a great one. This is where we uh, fell in love with with Honeysuckle. And in the same colours, Jay DeGroogie was absolutely brilliant at Christmas. Absolutely hammered a field. Um, but this looks a straight match for me, between her and look to the west of Henry de Bromheads, who also was very impressive in a better race. So this is a serious race as far as the mayor's novices goes. Uh, look to the west, jumps a little right, so Fairy House might suit her better, but long term for the likes of a Cheltenham, I'll be holding fire there. But Jade de Grugge for me was really impressive. I can't wait to 
see her on Saturday in the limestone lad uh, Zarek the Brave who could be one maybe to, to place in the champion hurdle he's running in that race um, he could be quite interesting there and in the grade 3 novices chase this is where loads of novices are looking to qualify for uh, the national hunt chase and I thought that uh, Nick Rockett's very interesting there but I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully Sander Glenn who I think uh, Paul Nolan's horses are are running much, much better now. So I'd be interested to see him put his, his best foot forward there. Yeah, you're right. I think they are starting to come to themselves a little bit. Uh, so that's uh, a few selections. There are a couple of selections are horse of note there from Dermot Nolan for the rest of the weekend. And Dermot, I'll stick with you for your nap, please, the weekend. Nap of the weekend is destroy the evidence in the in the River Don. Destroy the evidence for Dermot Nolan. Your nap, please, Stephen Cass. I've only had one bet. Um, that's all right, Gino. I think six to one is very, very fair. Um, in a race with not that many contenders, as it appears on the book. I was going to join you, Dermo, with destroy the evidence for my nap. Um, but seeing as you put it up already, I won't. I am going to go with Capadano in the Cotswold Chase, taking on Stephen Cass's uh, selection from earlier in the podcast. And with that, that is us finished up for this week. And we leave. So we leave you till next week. Until then. Gamble responsibly. Uh, thanks very much to our sponsors, BetMGM, and of course, gambling.com. And we will chat to you soon. Relentless, remorseless, and proudly caught that star into submission.